And, and one of the things I really, really, I'll never forget this about the good leaders is they're never afraid to do the low end stuff. You know, like as a new guy in the SEALs, you're expected to do the big work, right? You're taking out the trash, you're cleaning up little messes, you're doing this kind of stuff. And I remember one specific leader of my, my first platoon and he would be out there sweeping. He'd be sweeping with the new guys. He would be doing those little things. And I remember looking at him and being like, man, that is the type of leader I want to be. That is the type of teammate I want to be. Welcome in to another episode of the Professional Profiles podcast that uncovers the time-tested wisdom for the next generation. Join me, a forward-thinking team, as I engage in insightful conversations with industry titans, revealing the invaluable ingredients that pave the way to achieving remarkable success. In today's episode, I have the privilege of introducing an extraordinary individual, Logan Gonzalez. Logan started his career at the University of Texas at Austin, running track and field. He became an All-American and an eight-time All-Big 12 Conference selection. Following his collegiate achievements, Logan embarked on a remarkable journey as a Navy SEAL, serving in three platoons and dedicating eight years to defending, protecting, and instructing. Towards the end of his service, he pursued higher education, earning an MBA from USC's Marshall School of Business, and since then, Logan has transitioned into the tech industry, bringing his leadership and problem-solving skills to Amazon Web Services, or AWS, as a senior customer solutions manager. I really hope you enjoy this interview. Logan, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks for having me. I'd love to just start by discussing your career path and what has gotten you to where you are today. So could you describe what your career trajectory has looked like thus far? Yeah, starting back from you know high school, I grew up in Iowa. I was pretty good at track back in the day, and that kind of landed me a scholarship to run for the University of Texas. And I was debating going into the military at that time. I was going back and forth on that, and and my mom kind of convinced me, you know, hey, look, the the seals are always going to be there, but being eighteen, nineteen, twenty at college at the University of Texas, that's that's not going to be there, you know. So it was kind of a no brainer time to go to college. So um. I, w I ran at uh, Texas, had a decent career. That's when I joined the SEALs, went into the SEALs, did three deployments to various places. Then I was an instructor teaching special ops urban combat. It's an island off the coast of Southern California where there's a mock city out there and we can do about as realistic training as you can get to, to prep guys for what you might see overseas. So did that for about two years. And then right towards the end, I went back. I decided to pursue a, my MBA. I went to business school at uh, USC Marshall, got my MBA. And then after that, landed a job with uh, Amazon. And so that's kind of where I've, I bounced around a little bit within Amazon. But yeah, that's that's kind of where I've been so far. Very cool. So could you share the inspiration behind your journey as a SEAL? What inspired you to uh, go into that? Yeah, kind of fa fast forward. Um, when, when I graduated SEAL training, my mom was uh, like in the middle of a move, right? And so she was moving a bunch of things from classes like second, third grade. And, sh and she had this piece of paper that I had written down. Like the, the teacher asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a Navy SEAL. And this was in second grade. So uh, for the longest time, really all I wanted to do was be a SEAL. But, you know, I, I've been asked this question before. And I think the main thing was was the challenge. It was kind of appealing to me as like kind of challenging myself to to do something outside the norm. But uh, but even more than that, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to help people. And it, and it felt like 
if I could check both of those boxes, then, you know, that's what really drove me. So you read all these stories about, you know, the SEALs and, and, and doing different things overseas. And in and, and reality, it's you're helping people. You're basically putting yourself on the line to, to help somebody else. And it's obviously pretty challenging. So those were those things just kind of really appealed to me. And that's kind of where I decided to to move towards. Very cool. So throughout this interview, I'd love to try to tease out some of the mental models and mindsets that Navy SEALs use. So this question is kind of an attempt to do that. Could you walk us through Hell Week being the notoriously gruesome thing that it is and kind of talk, maybe give some some stories about how that was and how you dealt with it? Hell Week is, for if you don't know or if someone listening doesn't know, it's it's five and a half days of, of just constant physical beat down. And well, it, it's all mental, but it's it's physical stuff and you're they're they're freezing you and they're putting you in the water and you know the cold San Diego ocean and they they keep you awake they give you a nap about halfway through and honestly that nap is probably the worst thing they could have done for you because when you, you you've been up for three or four days and then you sleep for an hour every single muscle in your body just kind of locks up and then you you wake up and it's it's not good it's not a good feeling but um some people are kind of like oh am I going to pass? Like, am I going to, am I going to be able to do it? And, and that was never my mentality on it. It was like, okay, my goal was to be a Navy SEAL. And, and this was one of the steps along the way. So it was like, okay, like, let's get this over with, you know? And so throughout that week, it was more just as we're doing different things, it was more like, okay, this is just part of the process. And towards the end, it got a little annoying because it was the, it was the same beat down or it's just, it's like, okay, like, you're not going to make me quit. You know, like, yes, I'm freezing. I'm miserable. You can see that, but it's, it's not unbeatable, you know? And, and I think the, the people that you surround yourself, cause you kind of get into these little like clicks and not, not clicks, but you find your crew, you know, you, you obviously have your boat crew where you're assigned different tasks, whether that's carrying around inflatable boats or carrying around logs, but you have like your close knit buddies. And, and I had a couple close knit buddies that I kind of made in, in boot camp and, Whenever we were doing something miserable, and I, I know that kind of maybe that sounds cliche because most of it was miserable, but the we would always go find each other, you know. And it's like, okay, hey, we're going, we're doing surf torture. There's a couple of dudes I would go, you know, call out their name, and we go find each other. And then when we're getting tortured or or beat down, uh, being with your buddy, you know, being with a teammate would just help get past that those difficult times. And so. Um, I think that was my experience overall. It was just, you know, fi finding, finding your crew, staying positive and, and, and just knowing that it's just a step along the, the road, you know? For sure. Could you uh, speak to teamwork maybe after your training, when you were actually deployed, what did the SEALs teach you about teamwork and being a good member of a team? Well, I think that a team, like a lot of the, the teamwork that is most important to me is, is revolved around your attitude. You know, like we always used to have this, this saying, man, I don't even remember what the quote was, but it was like team gear and then it was personal gear and then self, right? So what it kind of ingrained in your mind is like, Hey, the team is the priority. Then it's your own personal things you need to do. And then it's yourself, right? So 
I, I think that kind of ingrains that that teamwork mentality in, into each of us where it's not about yourself. It's about the, the guy next to you, right? And and so as, as we were kind of had different uh, objectives or things to do, you're not doing them for yourself. So if you are slacking off, if you're going into like clear a house or you're jumping out of the plane first, if you aren't paying attention, if you do something wrong, that could lead to somebody else um, getting injured or killed. And, and that is what you do not want. So uh, another thing that was really instilled in me is, especially the, from the leadership position, is um, I remember the the good leaders and the bad leaders um, that I've had throughout my life. And, and one of the things I really, really, I'll never forget this about the good leaders is they're never afraid to do the low end stuff. You know, like as a new guy in the SEALs, you're expected to do the bitch work, right? You're taking out the trash, you're cleaning up little messes, you're doing this kind of stuff. And I remember one chief, one specific leader of my my first platoon, and he would be out there sweeping. He'd be sweeping with the new guys. He would be doing those little things. And, and I remember looking at him and being like, man, that is the type of leader I want to be. That is the type of teammate I want to be. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for that. So back to, to Hell Week, I'm just curious your opinion on what the difference is between the people who you see succeed and get, make it through and the people that quit. So like, is it a, a mental thing? Is it a, a mindset? Could you speak to that point? Yeah. I mean, I wish I knew the answer to that. Honestly, I think everybody's got their own theory of, of what what leads to success getting through hell week or getting through seal training. But funny story, we had an officer in our class, really smart guy. He, he, he used to keep track of everything, had all these crazy stats. And when we got done, he put together this big booklet of all these just crazy stats, right? One of the stats in there was people in the class who grew up in families that were like separated parents. And of the people in our class, there was, it was like 90% grew up in separated homes. And that was the only consistency that we could find because there were, you know, world-class triathletes. There were world-class runners, swimmers, any kind of athletic event you could think of that, that had failed out. And then you have people who were unathletic that, that made it, that were bad runners, that were bad swimmers, that just kind of pushed through that thing. And when I try to think about why it was those those students that had separated families, the best I could think of would be maybe it's because they, they just grew up in an unpredictable environment. You know, they only had one parent. They didn't have the, the comfort of, of having both parents supporting them. And then when you get into the, the SEAL training, you don't, you don't have anybody taking care of you. So, it, you know, maybe that's a reason, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, that was literally the only consistency we could find in my class. Wow. Okay. That's actually incredible to think about. So I have a, another question about leadership and I, I'd like to approach this topic with a few different questions, but the first one being in the high pressure, high pressure situations that you find yourself in as a SEAL, how do you approach leadership and how, how do you control the variables that you can control? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. I think the best way to approach that is to number one, make sure that everybody on your team is aligned to a, a common goal, right? So all the way down to the, the lowest uh, ranking or the lowest level person at your, at your business, make sure you guys are all aligned on the same goal. And then once you kind of have that laid out, 
then it's like breaking things down into baby steps. And I know this sounds pretty cliche for sure, but it, it, it really works. You know, um, you break down the task into into baby steps. And like an example from Hell Week, the way we used to do it is you would break it down by by meals. You know, like I just need to make it to the next meal, and you're going to eat four times a day, right? So you're not thinking about hey, the end of the week, you're not thinking about the final goal, which is graduating SEAL training. You're thinking about making it to that next meal, right? And so it, we're, we all have that common goal, making it, graduating SEAL training, moving on to the teams. But right now we're all aligned on trying to get to that next meal, right? And, and another thing is, I think a good way to approach leadership is is to put yourself as a leader, put yourself in your team's shoes. Before you tell your team to do something, you need to put yourself in their shoes and understand like, is this the way that I would want to be doing it? Right. And, and I think I have more experience or maybe better example from, you know, a couple scenarios at Amazon where I would come into a situation and I had a team to lead and we have these big goals that are aligned with, you know, Amazon's leadership principles and really driven around profit, you know, around the company. But when you bring that team in around a common goal and then you start breaking those steps down day by day and then you 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 put yourself in their shoes and then you also do the small things too. You know, nothing's above you, right? So it's, I think I think all that stuff kind of is is the best way to to, to lead through high pressure situations. What are the similarities you see between the Amazon leadership principles and the leadership principles that the SEALs instilled in you? Man, I, you know, one of the big ones I would say is one of the leadership principles at Amazon is invent and simplify. That was huge in the SEALs. It's not just, you know, hey, this is the way we've done it. We're always going to do it this way. It's, hey, even the lowest person in the, in the platoon, you know, as we're talking about a game plan to do a, do a mission or, or do a training exercise, it's having the lowest level person saying, hey, I, I got an idea. Why don't we do that? You know, and, and being comfortable to do that and, and the leader having that open door that allows that to happen and then test it out. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And, that, and that's huge at Amazon, like innovation. I mean, I can go to my, my manager anytime. If I have an idea like, oh, I think we could do this better or I think we can improve on this. He's all about it. He, yeah, he's like, send it, do it, you know? And so not every manager's like that, that I've had at Amazon, but the good ones, like I, like the one I have now, he will definitely do that. Um, you know, a, another one would, another principle would be to dive deep, right? Like dive deep is a leadership principle at Amazon. It's a good one because you get into the weeds with things, right? So like becoming an expert, at what you're doing, right? So, so spending the time to to be the best you can be, that was also a principle with the seals, right? So it's you know spending that extra time going out on the range, studying your uh, targets or maps or whatever your endeavors are. That would be a, a similarity, I guess. For sure, thank you for that. So I have a question about failure. So what role does failure play in in one's journey and if you could, could you share maybe a story or an anecdote surrounding failure, maybe in your time in the SEALs, maybe your time in Amazon? I think a good a good story of failure that I had from working at Amazon, I was working really hard. I was, I was working an operations job up in the Bay Area. To be honest, I was not super pleased with my boss, my manager. They had been rotating bosses. In operations at Amazon, it was, it was I don't know how it is now. 
but the churn was high. It was constant new leaders. Like I was there for maybe almost a year and a half. And I think I had like five different managers, which is just crazy to think about. And so I got to see some good ones. I got to see some bad ones. And, and, you know, at the time I, it was towards the end of my operations career with Amazon. I had this, this manager and I just, I was not happy with him, but I was, I was still, you know, working hard, doing everything I could, you know, leading my team. My team was being very successful. Everything was going great. And it came up to the time where I was up for promotion, right? And it looked like everything was was going to go great, right? I was going to get promoted. This was everything was going good. And then I didn't get promoted. Okay? And then it was a big shock to me because I I was right there. I, everybody told me I had it. It was it was a done deal. My performance had shown that the rest of the whole region was behind it, but you know, for reasons outside my control, it didn't happen. And so that was, that felt like a failure to me. And I remember coming home to my wife and she was just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, blah, blah. And it was like, you know what? Like, whatever, like everything happens for a reason. And any other time that, that I've failed in life, which has been a million, it, it always comes back. It's for a reason, you know? And sure enough, came back, Started networking with some people from uh, AWS, Amazon Web Services, where, where I am now. Met some good people. And I, now look, now I'm in a role that I love. I love my team. I love my manager. I work remote. I'm able to do stuff like this, to, to you know work from my van when I'm on the road. I really couldn't ask for a better situation. I was living in the Bay Area at the time. Now I had this job, which allows me to move. So I was able to move back to Austin, Texas, where, you know, friends, family, cost of living's lower. I mean, like just so many positives came out of that. And, and, you know, had I just got myself caught up on failing there, then I'd still be up there and, and I wouldn't have had this opportunity that I'm having right now. So I'm curious about Amazon and the success that the company has. So what do you think that Amazon does differently than other organizations that have propelled it to success? It kind of all starts at the customer, right? It starts at the customer and works backwards. And I think that's what really separated Amazon in the beginning. And then they continue to fall back on that. And then we have these, you know, these leadership principles that we abide by and the innovation. We're always trying to, to, to improve things. You're never doing the same thing, you know, like, you are, but you're not, you know? So as, as long as you're improving things and we say it all the time on my team that I'm on now is like, <clears throat> it was a new team when I joined about a year and a half ago, but it's kind of, Hey, we're building the plane as we fly. Right. It's almost like a startup. They, like AWS feels like a never ending startup because we're constantly bringing out new products, constantly innovating, constantly making things better, constantly automating. It's like a giant startup. And I think if you have that mentality, inevitably things are going to get better and you, you surround yourself with, with other people like that. And, and I, you know, I can't speak for, for all of Amazon, but from the team that I work with and the team that, you know, I, I work with across the region, I, man, it's, it's a really, it's a lot of really great people. So I feel really lucky to be here and I, I look forward to, to continuing to work here for until my next uh, step in the journey. So. I have a few more questions that are a little bit broader and I don't want this to sound cliche or these questions to sound cliche, but I think that they're important to try to tease out the the mindsets and frameworks that are important. So are there any specific techniques or mental frameworks that have helped you maintain discipline 
through challenging tasks during your time at the SEALs? Yeah, it's not just the SEALs, I'd say. I think it's just in in life in general. Set your priorities. I'll hold myself accountable. Constantly looking for feedback. Constantly asking people like, hey, what what do you think about this? Or like, tell me what you think, you know? And, And then when they give you feedback, that's not the way you wanted it to be, then, you know, don't get caught up on that. Just take that feedback and then actually fix it. I think it's all around consistency. A lot of things I I do right now is a lot of networking and stuff. And I'll set reminders in my phone, like, Hey, follow up with this guy, go to coffee with him. Don't, don't just quit on things. I I think I learned as a a pretty young, like not to quit on things. Right. So example, I I remember I was in like the third grade band or something and uh, I hated it. It was awful. And I wanted to quit so bad. My mom would not let me quit. And I, she's like, you are not quitting. You're going to finish until the end of the, into end of the year. And then if you don't want to do it next year, then you don't have to do it, but you're not going to just quit halfway through. And I, I mean, it's crazy. I'm, I'm 35 now and I can still remember that story like it was yesterday because it just really ingrained in me. And so I think that's kind of like a broad sense of my mental framework as I'm working my way through the challenge of life. So how was it transitioning out of the SEALs into your role with with Amazon after business school? How was it completely shifting what you were working on and working with and what your identity was tied with? Oh, it was it was tough. It was kind of like when you say how my identity and my, my identity was a Navy SEAL, you know, and so I'm transitioning out. Like shortly before I got out, I had just met my, my now wife. I knew she would be my wife early on, or I hoped she would. <laughs> Again, my identity was a seal, right? But I knew that I wanted to be to be bigger and better than that. Not, not bigger and better, but I just was ready for the next challenge, right? The next challenge in life. And so I was at SEAL Team 7 and they, they told me, hey, like you're going to do a, a, another platoon, which is another two years and another deployment. And I remember thinking like, man, I've been doing everything for the seals. I haven't done anything for myself. You know, I don't have a family. I I don't have any idea what I want to do when I'm done. I'm just kind of doing everything I do for the seals. And so I I, I was like, I want to go to business school. Right. And I started looking around at other people that I I considered successful. And I saw a lot of them went to business school and, you know, I, I thought that would be valuable to me. So I started looking into business schools and then I went back into my master chief's office at team seven. And I was like, Hey, I, I told him that same thing. I'm like, Hey, I've been doing everything for the teams. I want to, I want to do something for myself. And I'm not saying I want to get out of the seals, but I want to do something for myself for a little bit and then kind of like reevaluate where we're at. Right. And, and, and go to business school and, and being an instructor. And so he said, yeah, he agreed to it. He's like, sure. Yeah, go for it. You know, cause it, uh, things were kind of dying down with the with the war and stuff. So it was kind of like, all right, this is the time to go reset and then come back stronger than ever, right? And so everything started going going good from there. I went, got accepted into business school. So as I'm transitioning from the SEALs to the business world, man, what a better setup being able to go to business school in between the Navy and then still being in the Navy for part of the time because you're going from I, don't know, I guess a term that we use in the in the seals is like a bunch of 
pipe hitters, right? <laughs> and uh, so like kind of rugged guys, but then moving into the business world, you're getting to to work with different people. It's like a transition period, you know? And I think that just, that helped me so much being around really smart people that were all kind of driven. Again, it's a bunch of smart people that have the same goal in mind, right? So I, I basically went from the SEALs, we all have the same goal in mind, to a new group where they all have the same group you know, mindset. But then I got this little transition period where I don't really have a job, but I do have a job because I'm still in the seals. And then I get to kind of intermingle and, and move into that, that, that corporate lifestyle to where, you know, when I, once I got done, it, it seemed, it seemed pretty easy to me, you know? And, and then now like constantly I'm able to take what I learned from the seals, from business school, from all those different types of people and, and different backgrounds of people that you met in business school and then apply that to my life now. And so I, I think overall that that transition was really good. And I know there's a lot of there's a lot of SEALs that are that are struggling with that, you know, and it's it's a real problem. And, you know, we don't have to get into that now, but it's there's there's guys taking their lives because it's a very stressful thing and it's hard. It's very hard when all you know is one thing and then that thing is gone. So, you know. I'm just very, very lucky that I took the path I did. And then there's other guys that did that too, but you know, anyway. Thank you for that response. Um, as we are wrapping up our interview, I have three questions that I ask all my guests. Then they're up for interpretation. So I'd love you to be creative with it. And the first one is the billboard question. So if you're given the opportunity to place a phrase, quote, or idea on a billboard in front of millions of eyes, what would you choose to put on it and why? Yeah, so <clears throat> billboard, I would definitely put, I, I got a quote here that I keep it all over the place. I, my strength coach in college at, at UT there, he used to put it at the bottom of every workout and it would say, life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And I think that's, it's so important to me. I mean, I, I have it in my office. I have it, I, I've everywhere I've been in life, I've had that quote somewhere. And your attitude is just so important. You know, if you have a bad attitude, you know, nobody wants to work with you. Nobody wants to be around you. And it's easy to get a bad attitude, especially when you have a hard, a difficult task ahead of you. You know, it's just, there, there's only so much you can control in this world. And, and if you focus on the stuff that you can't control, then I think that's, that's kind of what that quote speaks to. Right. And, and so being in control of your attitude is really that is what you can 100% control. So um, yeah, that's the, that's the quote I would throw up. I love that quote. That's amazing. So next would be the TED Talk question, which is you're given 10 minutes notice to give a TED Talk. What are you choosing to talk about and why? Man, I think I would just talk about challenging yourself through life, but by stepping out of your your comfort zone. You know, obviously, I would need to build this out a little bit more. It would be tough, actually, with 10 minutes to prep for this. But I think, you know, like the objective of stepping out of your comfort zone is like to overcome mental barriers and limitations that, that people often set for themselves. So if you step outside that comfort zone, you're, you're enabling yourself to achieve greater success and, and, and endurance in various aspects of life. So I think that's that's kind of what I would talk about. Yes. <laughs> I like it. And lastly, how do you define success? Oh, yeah. So, I, okay. So when I think about success, immediately the first thing I'm thinking is success sounds like the end. And I think it's not, it's not about where you end up, but it's about the journey and the growth you experience along the way. So I, I don't know how I would define 
success, I guess, because I just, I don't like the, I don't like that word, honestly, now that I think about it, because it sounds like it's just that that's it. Like you achieved your goal, but like with me, it's, it's okay. You, you achieved it. Now it's the next thing, right? It just never ends. Right. So I think it's just the journey, the the journey. And, you know, maybe ask me when I'm on my deathbed and I'll let you know what success is. <laughs> maybe. Well, Logan, thank you so much for this interview. Thank you for your time, your advice and your service. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me.